Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. Hi, church. <laughs> Man, it's so good to see you. Um, you know what? I've have, I forgot this first service. I forgot it second service. But third service, I'm going to remember to tell Misa happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Misa. <laughs> the worship was awesome today. It was just so great. Thank you. Um, you know, last Mother's Day, we were shut down. And um, we didn't even have live stream yet. We were pre-recorded. And... I remember going to the store and there was no flowers. There was no flowers to plant outside. And it was just such a sad time. And, um, and now, you know, Walmart has flowers and Lowe's has flowers and Home Depot. And we're at church and I get to look at all your beautiful faces. And this is just so very special. I just want to take a moment to, to notice all you guys because, you know, it's funny what you take for granted till it's taken away, you know? And then, yeah, yeah, it's really good to be here together. Wow. So, um, you know, today I'm up here. <laughs> and um, I'm not Dale. And it's going to be really different. And... Um, Anyway, yay for the team that transformed the stage really quick. So I brought my red table from home just as a visual to say, you know, this kind of message is like, could you just come and pull up a chair and will you guys just come sit at the table with me? And, you know, could we just chat for a minute? And um, it's more just like that. It's more like a chat. But I'm not inviting you to just any table. Like, this is my red table. And um, uh, you got to know, first of all, I love red. Whenever I see red, my heart skips a beat. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I love red. But this table we call our good news table. And, you know, me and Dale, we like to go... Um, we like to go to hill country now and then and to, you know, just go junkin'. And so we saw this table years ago. And first of all, it's red. So I'm like, oh. And so Dale, he's learned to say, is that to die for? And if I'll say, nah, then we'll move on. But if it's to die for, then he'll be like, well, do I have enough money, you know? So anyway, he's like, is that to die for? Yeah, it kind of is. But so, but it's a table. And and I have a fetish for tables, so it's like, do we need more tables, you know? So anyway, we, um, we looked at this table, left, look, left, look, I mean, probably three or four times. And it was a season in our life when Dale had had throat surgery. And um, the doctor said it was most likely, he was most likely had throat cancer. And we knew that the doctor would be calling us on this trip. And so sure enough, we were in the parking lot of this little store, and the doctor called, and the doctor said that it was not cancer. And the, to the doctor and to us, 
astonishment, you know, we were all very shocked. And me and Dale, we looked at each other and we said, let's go buy that table. <laughs> and we named it our good news table. <laughs> So anyway, I'm inviting you to this good news table because today is a message of good news. And you might think it starts off a little strange, but truly it is a very good news message. And it is a hope. It's a message of hope and promise for our today and for our tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, pull up your chair in your mind and come have a seat. And this is something else I got at a little junkin shop. And um, this message is about hearts. And so, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that, um, oh, I go to Heart Church. So you guys are at Heart Church. And... Oh, we just heart all these babies that were dedicated. We just love all these babies, right? And, um, and guess what? Our heart is beating today, and we're here at church. That's a really big deal. I don't ever want to take this family for granted. You know that we're here, and um, we've got our oxygen tank. Life. So grateful for your life. Yeah. Some of you... Your life was almost snatched with COVID, and you're here, and so grateful for your life. Don't ever want to take that for granted, my friend. We love you. Yeah. So this is a message about hearts, and um, who doesn't love hearts, right? In fact, I thought maybe I should just have these moms. Are they still in here, the moms that dedicated do you want to come up here real quick and get a heart? <laughs> or the dad, whoever. Anna, you missed. You missed the last service. Yeah, come get your heart. Yeah. Everybody needs a heart, right? <laughs> and I would even go off the stage, but I don't know if this would give feedback or something. Anyway, we love you. <laughs> And so you have to know, too, you know, you, you don't see me all the time because I'm in kids' church. And so kids' church likes presents. So <laughs> that just came really natural to give out a few presents, you know. We always have to give out some treats in kids' church. Um, so this message is about hearts. And, you know, you don't think much about your heart, do you, until it's not working right? You just don't give this ticker much thought until it quits working. And um, today we're going to talk about a different kind of heart. You know, you guys know that heart disease is the number one killer in America. And so when your heart starts to fail, we pay attention, right? Well, I'm going to talk to you about a different kind of heart disease. And I'm just calling it heart disease of the soul. And heart disease of the soul is equally as deadly. It cripples, it maims, and it kills families, and it kills all kinds of relationships. It kills even churches. Heart disease of the soul. And I would say that the biggest contributing factor of heart disease of the soul is living in my yesterday. You know? It's living in my story that was then. It's getting stuck in my past. 
is getting stuck in what happened to me, what they did to me, you know, whatever, that it's probably the number one contributing factor of heart disease of the soul. And um, it robs you of your future. Um, I was thinking of, it's kind of a silly, silly story, but when two of my girls were little, Anna and Misty, they were in the bath. They might have been like two and three, maybe three and four. And Misty had said something to Anna that scared her. And uh, Anna replied back. And Misty said, uh, Anna, you're going to go to hell. And Anna got these big tears in her eyes. And she says, but Misty, hell will hurt me. <laughs> And so Misty right away said, then you have to pray with me. And, and I don't remember what the conversation was, but I thought, you know, even as little kids, they knew that hell hurts. And I'm just going to tell you that, um, you know, the disease of the soul is hell on earth. It really is. And you don't often know, you don't often know where you're at, but when you have heart disease of the soul, you are living a hell on earth, and it is a terrible place to be. You know, all of us have, um, all of us have a story, a history, and it's it's riddled with all kinds of things. You know, it's love, it's life, it's sorrow, it's grief. It's torment, it's guilt, it's breakthroughs, it's God moments, um, it's despair. All of us have that story, right? And, and you might think that me and Dale, that we have, you know, stories that are paved with gold, but we're just like you guys, you know? We all have these stories that are just riddled with all kinds of different things. The good, the bad, the ugly is our stories. And um, it, depending where you live in those stories, is where your heart is at. You know, I, I forgot to read you this verse, and it's really so good. Um, it's in Proverbs 4.23, and it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention. Oh, church, pay attention. Oh, family, pay attention. Oh, friends, pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows a wellspring of life. Pay attention to that. You know, um, I was just going to tell you this one story, which you've probably heard 50 million times, but it's my story about my baby girl, and I've never got tired of telling it. So I decided if you were tired of hearing it, you could just tune me out. <laughs> because I thought, you know, I'm a mom, and moms get tuned out a lot, so I can handle it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Molly, she's our baby girl, and when she was born, uh, we got a call from the hospital, and it said, hi, Sharon. I had a baby girl. Do you want her? And, you know, that's a kind of shocking phone call. And um, I was thinking, you know, we just got our fifth kid in kindergarten. And me and Dale were like, freedom. We were feeling really good, you know. And then here now we get this call for this 
for a sixth kid. So I went outside and I told Dale about it. He was outside. And I think his face just went white. I, <laughs> I think it was, you know, he's probably thinking, how are we going to afford a sixth kid? And, you know, we're pastors and we're, we're, we're poor pastors. And, you know, how are we going to do this? And um, so anyway, this baby girl was born addicted. Uh, severely addicted to heroin. And so we knew she'd be in the hospital a little while. And so we we just started the journey of going to see her every day. And um, it was during the NCAA playoffs. And there was a commercial that came on. And this commercial, I've never seen it again. But um, I would call it a wordless commercial. And it just showed this big door. And on the door it said, Born Loser. And then you open the door, and it's a nursery, an infant nursery full of attic babies. And then the door slams shut, and then it said, Mom, don't do drugs. And that was it. That was the commercial. And with that commercial, I felt like I heard a whisper from God that just said, Sharon, watch what happens when you put a born loser in my hand. And so I went and I told Dale that. I said, Dale, I think maybe God said, you know. And Dale's like, okay, that's our word. Then we're just going to go forward with, you know, getting Molly. And so um, when we took Molly home from the hospital, you know, the doctor said, all we can tell you is that she's not HIV positive. But they said, um, for sure, you're going to have a heap of trouble with her. And she'll never graduate high school, certainly not college. Don't ever expect her to have a full life. Um, she'll live with you guys forever. You'll have her in all kinds of behavioral therapy stuff, you know. And, um, but you know what? We had a promise. And um, you don't always know when God's promises are going to happen. But we had a promise. God never changes his mind on a promise. He just never does, you know? So we brought Molly home, and, you know, so now Molly's married, and she's a nurse, and she's a labor and delivery nurse, and she's pregnant, and, um, yeah. <laughs> and a funny thing, Molly gets to tell many addict moms and grandmoms of these addict moms about hope and about another chance, a second chance, a promise. Who would ever guess that a little baby girl who was born addicted would get to tell these moms who are addicted about a promise and a hope? You know, the story God just redeems. He's a redemptive God. My gosh, just to have a say. Doesn't that just blow your mind how he redeems like that? Yeah, it's just so, so beautiful. And you know what? As I'm talking, Cecilia's right back here, too. Cecilia, we almost lost to COVID, too. And this is your first time back to church. Mm. Wow. Mm. You see, we just can't take people for granted. You know why this, this is on my heart today? Because here we do this pandemic, okay, and we're closed down, seems like for eternity. And there's people who are supposed to be sitting here today who went back to their yesterday. And they're not here today because they went back to yesterday. They went back to their habits, to their addictions, and I see their faces. And they're not here because they went back to their yesterday. 
because yesterday's kill. You know, yesterday, and I'm sorry, that was just a little rabbit trail, but yesterday, uh, yesterday really does kill. It really does steal your today, and it steals your tomorrow. Um, one of the things I was praying for this service is, you know, Jesus, sometimes our yesterday is a lot. Like, especially if you're old and you've kept record. <laughs> like a lady told me after the second service, she came up to me and she said, Sharon, I got to tell you, my list is long. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and I have every name on that list, and it's a long list. And um, you know what I prayed? I said, Jesus, sometimes our lists are long, and our hurts are many, and our, our addictions are too vast, and our minds are crazy, and we don't even know where to begin. But give us all a want to, you know? Like, I may not know how to, how to do all of this, but just give me a want to, Jesus, so I can start the journey of walking out of my yesterday and coming into my today so I have a hope for my tomorrow, you know? Just give me a want to. That was my prayer for us, just a want to. You know, um, there is, I don't know if you guys seen it, it's an old movie, and it's a book. It's got a lot of great lines in it. It made me think of this, this piece from Princess Bride. And um, there's a scene in Princess Bride. It's called The Pit of Despair. <laughs> I can't do it as good as them. <laughs> but have any of you guys ever lived in the pit of despair? I have, yeah. I have a song I sing in the pit of despair. <laughs> It's a country song. <laughs> it says, poor, poor, pitiful me. <laughs> it really is a song. <laughs> but anyway, there's this, there's this scene. It's the pit of despair. And in the pit of despair, there's a suction cup. And so the whole thing is they want to take, it's the hero of the show, they want to suck his life out of him. So they put a suction cup on his chest, and it can go from 1 to 50. And for whatever number it is, that's how many years they're going to suck out of his chest. And so one of the scenes is they go to 50, and they think that he's dead afterwards and when his friends come in to try to save them they're like oh you don't know he's just mostly dead <laughs> and I said you know Jesus we are all here and our hearts are beating so there's not a one of us that's dead in here there is not it's what Juno it's what what Misa's saying there's not there's not one story that God can't do you know, there's not one dead heart that his hands can't pick up. I can't do it, but he can do it. Anyway, I was thinking when we live our lives in yesterday, it's like we have a suction cup on our chest, and it's a life sucker. Our yesterdays are a life sucker. Write that down as a good quote. If there's nothing else you remembered it today, yesterdays are life suckers. When you live in the sorrows of yesterday, the failures of yesterday, the regrets of yesterday, 
what it should have been, what it wasn't, who did what to you. It's a life sucker, and it's going to rob you of your today. The other thing with our yesterday is someone is always held hostage. You know? Just think about it. As I talk, remember, you know, we're just sitting at the table, right? So as I talk, just think in your mind, who are you holding hostage that's robbing you of your today? Is it someone else or is it you? Why can't you go on to live your today a full life that has a hope and a promise and a future? Because somebody's in a cage. Somebody's chained and your list is long. And somebody needs to be let out. And it's you or it's someone else. That is for sure. And I can also tell you that um, heart disease of the soul makes one bitter. And when you're bitter, you always lose. Even if, even if um, you've been offended by someone, violated by someone, terribly hurt by someone, for you to go there and be bitter, you lose. Not the someone. You lose. Isn't that interesting how that happens? You always lose. And let me tell you something about bitter. It makes you really sick. Bitter makes people really sick. You know, me and Dale, we had, uh, we had big marriage problems early on. And you would think that early on is like our first year. No, it was like our seventh year. And the only thing I could figure out is that Maybe we discovered it our seventh year because we had a really high tolerance of pain. <laughs> but if you could just take some tips here, because I didn't know that I had heart disease of the soul, and I did in a big, bad way, and I didn't know that. And maybe it's because I could just push through and, and just keep living life as normal, but I had heart disease of the soul, and you know what it did? It made me bitter, and it sucked years out of my life. Now, gratefully, I knew where to find redemption, and, um, but I didn't run there quick because I didn't know I had a problem. You know, and I think that's one of the big things with heart disease of the soul is really being able to say, well, I have a problem and it's not him or her, but I have a problem. And so like one of the things I was thinking with our marriage problems is that now in hindsight, I had symptoms that I had a disease. And now in hindsight, I can see those symptoms so, like, one of the things was what I thought. So, one of the things I thought was, God, how can I get out of this? Now, then it's like, well, how can I get out of this as a Christian? Well, how can I get out of this as a Christian pastor's wife? <laughs> and so, that, what I'm thinking is a symptom. All right? So, think about what you're thinking. What your thoughts are is a symptom to being diseased of the soul, okay? Another thing is what I prayed about. Now, okay, this is, I'm telling you, this is real life lessons, okay? What did I pray about? You know, Jesus, maybe you could kill one of us. <laughs> it could be Dale or it could be me. Either one is just fine. <laughs> Did I really pray that? I did. I really did pray that. I did. 
And um, anyway, that was a real symptom that I had a diseased heart, you know? What I was thinking about, what I was praying about. Um, my story became who I was, you know? And I became very bitter. Another thing I did is I blamed. And, you know, of course, how could, why would a marriage problem be my problem? Right? I mean, he just needs to think of things a little different, maybe just a little bit more like me, and I think it'll all be fine, right? So, you know, um, blaming would be another symptom. Like, yeah, it's, no, it's, nothing's my fault. I, I'm, I'm walking good with God. <laughs> symptoms of the soul. Um, let me give you a few more. Who are you seeking revenge for? Who has to pay for this? Yeah, somebody has to pay. I can't let it rest because somebody has to pay. Who is that? Um, what about shame? A lot of times we just don't even go to church because we're so ashamed. And let me tell you, church is a place to be. When you feel, when you feel especially ashamed, you, you know what? Show up. With everything in you, show up. When you feel especially guilty, show up. This is a place to be. Yeah, this is not where we pretend. We don't, we're not pretending that we have it all together. This is where you show up. This is where God is, you know? And we need each other, guys. This is a, this is a journey, and we need to link arms and say, it, it, it is not so that one of you don't show up and you return to your yesterday. This can't be true. We got to get there together, right? We got we to gotta get to the finish line together. <laughs> excuses. When you have a million excuses, show up. <laughs> Complaining. Relentless guilt. Hate, murder, despair, depression, loss of purpose. The one thing that I know is that, um, and I even put in my notes, I put the little green sick emoji in here. <laughs> sick souls make one bitter, and bitter makes you mental, and mental makes you murder. And it may not be physically murder, but you've heard the conversation, you know, out of the wellspring of the heart, it all comes out here, right? It all comes out. And the thing is with bitterness is that um, we all lose. We go to therapist after therapist after therapist, and we get medicated and medicated and more medication when the root cause is bitter. Now, I'm not saying always, and I'm not saying anything against therapists, but oftentimes there's a root. And... Oftentimes, it's bitterness, and it really does make you very sick. You know, bitterness is like, um, you know, say you were in a horrible accident, and you had your limbs cut off, and you lost your legs, so you lost your livelihood. Or you're in a, a chemical spill, and you lost your eyes. And it just maims you. Bitterness maims you. And it, it makes you not able to live your life today, not a full life. 
it short circuits moms, it short circuits dads, the plans that God had for you. You're not a present mom. You're a mom who's angry, who's absorbed with herself, who's living in another world, or a dad who's always gone and absent. You know, it short circuits is what it does. That's what it's like. It's like living with, without your limbs, without your eyes, without your ears. And so just hypothetically saying that, you know, that we heard about a doctor, and he lives in Africa, and he can give you new legs as if they were never cut off. And, uh, or he can give you new eyes as if you never lost them. But you know, you live in Las Cruces and he lives in Africa and that's a big journey and that's a lot of money. But the other thing is, is he says, hey, I, I wanna come to you. I wanna come to Las Cruces and I wanna come to you and I wanna give you new legs and I want to give you new eyes. And you're like, well, there must be a line two days long for something like that. Oh, no, I'm going to put you at the front of the line. It's like, wow, this is too good to be true. What would you guys say if somebody said that? You'd say, pick me, right? I'm in. Pick me. Well, how much more is it with our soul? You know, the things that you don't see, where you don't know how crippled you are. There's a doctor in the house. His name is Dr. Jesus. And, you know, he came. <laughs> yeah. And he came. He came all the way <laughs> for us. And um, there's not a line. Isn't that remarkable? He came all the way to us. And he came through the cross all the way to find us. For our heart disease, he cared that much about us. Now, the thing about our heart disease, first of all, we have to admit, I'm a mess. There's something about us that doesn't like to say that, right? I don't know why that is. You know, Rochelle's our therapist. She might be able to help me someday with that. <laughs> why is that? <laughs> but we don't like to admit we're a mess, right? But the truth is, I'm a mess, and you're a mess. We're all a mess. I think Dale said in his sermon last week, we're just one step from stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're, we just all are. We're just all a mess. And um, I think the things that make our lives messier than others is that some of us prolong our messes. And we, make, we let our messes make bigger messes and bigger messes. And we have to lie to cover up lies. Have you ever met people like that? They just have to keep covering. And so anyway, so Jesus is here. And he's like, yeah, I can do this. Now, it's not my words. And it's not Dale's words, and it's not Sue's words. It's God's words, you know? And so I'm just going to take you over here really quick. So at the cross, you know, you might say, well, it's too daunting. You know, my lists are just too long. And um, my hurt is too bad. It's, I'm too old. I've let things go too long, um, you know? Love has passed me by. You know, whatever. There's all the excuses, right? And I can just hear the Holy Spirit saying, no, wait. Wait. Just wait. Wait, 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 wait. 
There's a doctor in the house. There's a doctor in the house. This cross is a holy place. It's not the symbol that's the holy place. It's the cross. The place of the cross is a holy place. There's power in the cross. I can't explain the power. It's too powerful for me. I just know that once I was a sick, diseased person. I was a sick, diseased person. My heart, I let my heart get sick. And this is where I came. And this is where he forgave me. And this is where he washed me. And this is where he gave me a new start. And it wasn't too late. And you know what? It wasn't one time. It's two times and three times and four times. I've been here so many times that I keep thinking maybe God's going to say, it's not you again, is it? But he's never said that. He's never said that to me. So what you do, I know you guys in your mind, you've been thinking, oh, oh yeah, I, I pretty much hate that person. Oh yeah, I've cut their, I've cut them off a long time ago. And oh, that person, oh yeah, they don't even have a chance in my family. I, I know your minds have been thinking all of these things. So you, you have a list in your head. So what I want you to do is just put yourself right here. This is called the mercy seat. And this mercy seat is where God's mercy, his forgiveness, it flows really free. And this is where his promises are for sure. God never changes his mind. He's not wishy-washy. And there's not a line to wait for him. Whenever you call, his ears are wide open. And he's ready. And he's always there. And he doesn't say, oh, no, it's you again, ever. You can come here as many times as you need to. If you need to come right now and in 10 minutes... <laughs> And in five minutes, you just come over and over and over again. This is a mercy seat. So what I want us to do is I want us to stand. And I know there's plenty of you that are saying, man, Sharon, that's me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just messed up, you know? And I would, and I would say, yeah. Welcome to the club. Hey, this is a mess-up club. Isn't that? We are in the mess-up club. This is, this is good. Compadres, we are in it together. <laughs> so if this is you, what I want you to do is I want you to put your hand on your heart. If you are needing um, a fresh start today, if you're wanting to put your yesterday behind you, you know, Forgiveness for what was, clean for what is, a hope and a future. And yeah, just put your hand on your heart. And then just in your mind, just start bringing your list to God. God, you know, there's this person, this person, this person. I, I hate this person. I'm so mad at this person. I'm so mad at myself. God, you see my record. You see how I've fallen off the wagon. You've seen, I can't forgive myself. God, you see the regrets. Just bring them one by one. Bring all the shards. There's a lot of them, a lot of shards. Just bring them one by one. 
Jesus, you see all these pieces. I know you see all these pieces. You see all this pain. And God, we just put it in your hands. We can't carry it anymore, God. The weight is too heavy. We just can't carry it anymore. God, we know your hands are big enough. So, Lord, right now we put so-and-so in your big hands, and we say, we forgive you. You belong to God, not to me any longer. And just go down your list. And God, I put myself in your hands. Forgive me, Jesus. God, forgive me for just for, for going in such a dark place. Such a dark place without you. I'm so sorry, God. Lord, I just give you my, my addictions. I give you my secrets. I give you my sorrows. I give you my disappointments. Lord, just come and forgive me now. Jesus says, I'll never again remember your sins. What you've just given to him, what you've just said you're sorry for, he'll never again remember them. He says, as far as the sunrise is from the sunset, your sins are separated. They're nowhere close to you. If your sins are blood red, they'll be white as snow. Jesus is just washing hearts right now. Let him wash you. Let him just wash. Just feel, just feel the bath of his Holy Spirit. Just feel the bathing, the cleansing. He's just bathing hearts, washing hearts. Yes, God, just cleanse. Just cleanse, Jesus. It's a clean slate. Mm -hmm. I can't get enough. I can't get enough of your amazing. Nothing like your love 
sweet don't be surprised if you don't feel him just put his arms around you and just hug you really tight don't be surprised if you don't hear him say I love you let's start over today's new yeah yeah he's so so strong here we're gonna um, we're gonna just close if you want additional prayer from prayer teams but I just want to pray a breast blessing over you and I just want you to know that um, you know you guys each and every one of you your difference makers your world changers you're gonna change this community this neighborhood because um, we're not settling for heart disease we're go we're going for health and wholeness and wellness so let me pray over you Jesus I want you to bless your people God that we would walk in your health that we would walk in your wholeness and Jesus that we would just not be okay settling for heart disease that it's just something that we will do everything we have to do to keep running to your cross oh Lord how we thank you for your redemption Jesus, I just ask that you hold each one here and bless them and let them feel your sweet presence. How we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church and follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.